Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today, the two primary shows on this channel, Hangouts and Headlines and Virtual Legality, are going to cross paths because, well, we've got some pretty rank journalism to discuss in the context of Xbox's pending takeover and acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Now, if you aren't familiar with that story at all, who can blame you? But we have been covering it since the top of the year. This will be the 42nd video, 42, the answer to life, the universe, and everything in this playlist. And in this playlist, you can go over every little bit of everything that's happened since Microsoft and Phil Spencer announced that they were going to purchase the Call of Duty Maker in January of this year. But as the year has progressed, as the economy has flatlined, if not done a little worse, after the stock market has entered into a tailspin, people around the journalistic spheres, not just in video games journalism, have decided to take a closer look at this and say, hmm, there might be something up with respect to this transaction. And indeed there might, but not for the reasons that we're going to discuss today. Now, before we get into the details there, I do want to point out we are a channel supported by viewers and listeners just like you on your screen right now is the glow up that Utreon, our primary sponsorship platform, put up for Hogue Law. Please do check that out. You can sponsor us at Utreon or Patreon or through a YouTube membership or just through a like button, a subscribe, anything else that you like. But through Utreon and Patreon, you can do something like sponsoring an episode of this series. And I want to give special thanks today for Volcus Vipus, who has been sponsoring episodes in virtual legality for a very long time. We absolutely cannot do it without the support. And I am so, so thankful, Volcus Vipus, and everyone else that supports the channel. Now, on with the show. On your screen right now is an article from a website called WCCF Tech. And to be honest, they are not the outlet that we're going to give primary responsibility for what we're looking at and the issues with this story today. But they are the outlet that came to me from DMs from people that were asking for my thoughts because this was a gaming outlet of some repute, has a lot of folks that follow it on Twitter and social media and presumably read it. And they put forth the following headline, Activision Blizzard merger with Microsoft could fall apart according to insiders. Now, the very first thing you will note here is that this headline does not tell us what insiders we are talking about, which is a very important detail when we are discussing a merger because there are two entities in a merger and two entities that aren't always rowing in the same direction. Activision Blizzard and Microsoft in this particular case. So what insiders are we talking about? Well, as we'll see as we read this article, this is actually a kind of retelling of a story from another prominent outlet, in that case, the New York Post, that did the actual reporting. And so insiders as a concept becomes kind of vague here. It seems like the tides might be turning for Microsoft and its recent acquisition of Activision Blizzard, says WCCF Tech. Now that it's been put under more intense scrutiny by several regulator agencies and antitrust authorities in the UK, US, and European Union. Now that's an interesting sentence in and of itself, because if you've been following this story here with us or just in general, you know that in the US, the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, hasn't said anything about any of this. There have been leaks more prominently over the summer, but as has been expected since we've started talking about this, the FTC has gone silent. They aren't making Twitter threads or public announcements or press releases like their counterparts in the UK. And the European Union really hasn't said anything yet either, although we expect them to say something in the next 24 or 48 hours. Some insiders, says WCCF Tech, have begun to worry about the fact that this deal could very well blow up 
and not happen to begin with. Insiders where? The regulator agencies? Microsoft? Activision? We don't know. WCCF Tech doesn't know. Now, Microsoft's been painting a very rough picture of itself in Xbox while trying to make its case regarding the acquisition of Call of Duty Company. The company has revealed that cloud gaming isn't the way of the future, that Xbox consoles still are sold at a loss, and other trivia that makes them look like the underdog against its competitor and most vocal opposition, Sony and PlayStation. Now, the interesting thing here in terms of highlighting just rhetoric is that notion of revealed, right? This takes a very specific slant that you have to bring to Microsoft or PlayStation's or anyone else's communications. When you are talking about a regulatory environment, you are, of course, going to try to make your company look however the regulators need you to look. In the case of a monopoly check, hey, does this merger hurt competition in the market we're talking about? Yes, you're going to say, no, 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 no. Everything that we are buying is relatively unimportant. We're very silly with our money, $70 billion. How could that ever happen? We are the fourth place competitor. We are not even involved really in taking over gaming distribution. Cloud gaming, that's very, that's going to be 40 years down the line. Don't worry about it, regulators. Now, is that a reveal or is that saying what you think the regulators want you to say? You have plausible deniability. Cloud gaming certainly isn't the way of the immediate future. It's not going to take over the market anytime soon, but you are investing in it for a reason, unless you're a completely irrational actor. So these aren't reveals necessarily, nor is the fact that the Xbox console is sold at a loss. They said that in Epic versus Apple. They continue to say it today, but they're trying to paint a picture in this article that Xbox has been selling itself negatively. According to insiders that talked with the New York Post, which is a good link, it's always good to link your closer to primary source material, and we are definitely going to take a look at that article because WCCF Tech here doesn't have this contact. Microsoft certainly didn't expect this level of scrutiny from market authorities. I want you to put a pin in how this article describes this because we're now two or three levels removed in terms of telephone, right? People telling people, telling people, telling people. And this comes out in this article as Microsoft certainly didn't expect this level of scrutiny. That isn't even what the New York Post commits to, but we'll get there in a minute. In fact, the increasing pressure has left both it and Activision Blizzard at odds behind the scenes, despite both companies' insistence that the deal will go through. Here we have to back up a step because these are not separate positions. When you sign a merger agreement, particularly a giant multinational merger agreement, you know you're going to go get clearance from the regulators or the deal's not going to happen at all. Once that deal is signed, once Activision, Bobby Kotick have said, we are willing to sell our company for $95 a share, their interest in the ongoing operations of the combined entity goes to zero, which means that your two companies, Microsoft and Activision, don't actually see things in the same way. If you're Activision, if you're Bobby Kotick, you want to get out of this, you want your $95 for your shareholders, you want this thing to be done, signed, sealed, and delivered, well then, you have every incentive to pressure Microsoft behind the scenes and say, look, no, give them what they want. Give them what they want. It doesn't matter. Give them what they want. This isn't going to be a big deal, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not just now that causes this kind of friction. It's at the start. It's also the reason you see a penalty payment if Microsoft were to not get this deal through specifically for antitrust regulation concerns. Why? Because as we've now talked for more than 40 videos about, Microsoft can make some of this pain go away 
with promises made to the FTC or the CMA or the European Commission or whoever else asks for these concessions. And they could potentially get a deal through by saying, yes, we promise that Call of Duty will be on PlayStation forever and ever. And we'll also provide sacks of $100 million to Sony each and every Christmas, just as a thank you for deigning to allow us to participate in the gaming industry. Microsoft could do that. Absolutely. And that would increase their chances of getting the deal through regulators. But they don't want to do that. They're spending $70 billion for some reason. And that reason is going to be whatever business proposition they can get out of it. Now, most people, I think, believe they're trying to drive people to Game Pass. It will be exclusive on the subscription side to Game Pass. It may or may not need to have any of the products of Activision exclusive on the buy-sell side. You might still have a case on a business proposition to always have these games appear on PlayStation or Sony's infrastructure or Nintendo's or anyone else's so far as you are the only one controlling the subscription side, Game Pass. That might be the business plan. We can't speak to that because we're not flies on that wall. We're not in that room making these decisions. But at moment one, Activision Blizzard wants to get the deal done. Microsoft is concerned about what year two, year five, year 10 looks like, and that can create friction. That did not change based on what the UK or the EU or the FTC is saying. WCCF Tech continues, the brass tacks at this point are regarding the exclusivity of the Call of Duty franchise, so says the public output here. While Microsoft has stated before that this game series will not be kept from the PlayStation, they also won't be legally obligated to keep the franchise non-exclusive, and that is where the deal breaker begins to set in for the regulators. Now understand, the New York Post has absolutely no information from regulators whatsoever, so this is just rampant speculation on the part of WCCF Tech. We have no idea what's being said behind the scenes, although we can make kind of educated guesses as to this. I said this in January when Xbox came out and said, well, we want Call of Duty to still participate in the PlayStation. They're trying to get in front of whatever these regulators might ask for. And they're also signaling to the regulators that that's the kind of consent decree that they're probably going to be willing to entertain. However, it is always to the benefit of someone that makes a promise or wants to seem like they're making a promise to not have to sign a contract, to not be legally obligated under those terms. So Microsoft has from the start also said, but we don't think a consent decree is required for that. You can go check the tape. They say, yes, we're of course going to support PlayStation. We want Call of Duty to have as many players as possible. We don't want to divide markets, but do we really need to sign anything for that? No, no. And that's a completely justified position from Microsoft. So what now, asks WCCF Tech? Well, we still have to yet to see what's going to happen come November 8th when we get to hear more about whether the European Commission will permit the deal to go into its next phase. Permit the deal to go into its next phase? What are you even describing? I think what they are aimed at is that the European Commission gets to decide whether they want to inquire more, what we call phase two of these two companies, which, spoiler alert, is going to happen. The European Commission is going to ask for phase two and is getting confused in the process of describing it. But we've had enough confusion already. They also want to link you to an article about the penalty payment. We'll talk about that more with respect to the New York Post. But I did want to point out that what they link to is an article actually entitled Activision Blizzard Has Been Acquired. Now, in now two separate years with ZeniMax, Bethesda, and Activision, I have had to make videos that talk about the fact that all the ways, every time this is wrong, that you actually sign a deal and then you go through closing conditions and then we later have a press release or some kind of exchange in journalistic outlets or otherwise that says, now, now they belong to us. You saw this with Sony and Bungie. They signed that deal and then later on they say, now we own Bungie. Nobody was acquired in January, as should be self-evident 
by the fact that you're still writing articles about it, but that's fine. Let's go to where the actual problems live. This is where they stem from. This is a major periodical, the New York Post, that is actually likely influencing some investors and the stock markets with a completely invented story. So let's talk about it. Activision insiders fret that $69 billion Microsoft merger could fall apart, colon, sources. Now, I always hate this version of headline. You put the provocative thing up front and then you say, oh, this is in our opinion. We got this from sources. It's even worse here, where if you're keeping track, we won't see a single direct quote from these sources. Now, I have no doubt because I believe that these journalistic outlets at least have the barest minimum of ethics, that there are things that they are hearing from Activision insiders about their concerns that the deal will go through. That's kind of normal. They got sweaty palms. We're on month 10 of this thing, and there isn't a deal yet. And we now know that the UK is likely to press on and potentially ask for significant concessions. We suspect the FTC is going to ask for significant concessions, and the European Commission in general is not going to want to be seen as upended by the UK. They're going to ask for concessions as well. That's, of course, speculation. Nobody can read the future, including the New York Post, including the Activision Insiders. Nobody knows. And even though you might come in and say, well, Microsoft's lawyers definitely knew. We're going to talk about the merger agreement and the penalty payment a little bit. No, every single human being on earth takes educated guesses about the future and what it looks like. Those guesses can be very educated indeed, but they are, in fact, still guesses. Now, are Activision Insiders fretting that the merger could fall apart? probably somewhere. There's always somebody in a giant institution that's worried about something happening in the future. But what evidence does the New York Post actually have here? Why do I call it invented while also saying that there is certainly a patina of truth? Well, it's because they're crafting a mountain out of not even a molehill, whatever's smaller than a molehill. That's what the New York Post is using here to try to frame it as a mountain with a high-end zoom lens just right on the ground there. Microsoft's $69 billion Activision buyout is facing heightened scrutiny from regulators and some insiders at the game studio behind Call of Duty. You'll see references to Call of Duty in both the WCC F-Tech article and this one. That's called search engine optimization, folks. SEO. You're looking for Call of Duty? Maybe you find your way to this article. Are worried that the Xbox maker could effectively blow up the deal? The post has learned. Oh, wow. We have accelerated from the headline. The deal could fall apart to Microsoft is a nefarious, intentional bad actor. Microsoft could blow up the deal. The post has learned. Oh, my goodness. From Activision insiders. They're concerned about what Microsoft may do. Now, in truth, what it sounds like, let's give full benefit of the doubt here. It sounds like the kind of normal thing we were talking about earlier. There could be an Activision insider or multiple Activision insiders that say, we're worried Microsoft isn't going to give the regulators what they want. And if they don't give the regulators what they want, we're worried that the deal won't go through. Now, we've also spent time in this video series on this channel talking about the fact that not giving them the consent decrees, undertakings, or any other kind of concession document that a jurisdiction might ask for is not actually the end of this story necessarily. Microsoft could still sue to say, actually, we don't owe you any concessions because your theory of our lessening of competition is ridiculous on its face, which I think would have some success in the United States. I am a little bit more questioning of the level of success you could expect in the United Kingdom based on seeing some of the ways that the United Kingdom has dealt with prior CMA actions. But they could 
pursue those grounds as well. And if they did, they wouldn't be wrong to say, well, we're not giving you these concessions if they are ridiculous in nature. But here, the New York Post in their lead paragraph is suggesting that Microsoft might deliberately be trying to back out of the deal, Elon Musk style, and there is zero evidence of that whatsoever. This is effectively, benefit of the doubt, a report on the paranoia of Activision insiders more than anything else. But let's continue. Antitrust authorities in the U.S., United Kingdom, and European Union are all reviewing the proposed deal, along with a number of other jurisdictions, which would see Microsoft buyout Activision for $95 per share. Activision shares rocketed above $82 when the buyout was announced in January, but have since fallen to below $73 as of Thursday, indicating increasing investor skepticism about the deal going through. It might. This is a problem not just with the New York Post, but with anybody that reports on stock market prices. We don't know what the market is thinking. And in this particular economy, where a day before election day in the United States, we have a billionaire buying out one of the major social media institutions somewhat randomly and seeing the random effects thereof. We were going to do an Elon Musk video before this popped up on my radar today. We might still yet this week. And everything else going on with inflation, the economy, the stock market, all of those things could be taken into account here, including not the notion that the deal is going to fall through, but that it's going to take longer, right? If you're going to invest your money right now, do you want to invest it in something that probably is going to take at least until June of next year to actually approve, get through and get done? Or are you looking for something that has a more immediate return in this kind of economic environment? All these things are possible. I'm not saying that the stock price is great for Activision or suggesting that the deal is actually going to go through here. But I am suggesting that you can't just ascribe specific motivations to an amorphous aggregate data set of millions of transactions about one of these specific share prices. So we've got a big time headline. We've got a big time assertion. We've got no evidence yet. Let's see what the next one is. Some insiders and analysts have said, pause pause. You'll see the New York Post pull this trick in a number of places. They claim to have inside sources at Activision. They will combine the notion of what an insider is with analysts a lot to kind of hide the ball as to what they are even talking about in this article. Understand, analysts are paid to give prognostications about the future. They're also paid in part to get popular, making those prognostications, to get more clients, to have more people believing in them. And what they say in this article is not controversial, but it's also not terribly helpful to the overall headline thesis that the New York Post is going to present. So combining these things, eliding, who are we talking about? We're talking about Activision people? Are we talking about a Wedbush securities analyst? Mm, Who knows? It's insiders and analysts that we have to use to put forth here to at least be remotely true in this story that we are now crafting, tailoring for your experience. Some insiders and analysts have said that Microsoft, which has enjoyed a better relationship with regulators in recent years compared to rivals like Meta and Google. Yes, Microsoft, though big tech, not as hated at government levels as the social media new tech giants, likely did not expect this level of scrutiny from authorities. Okay. Look at that sentence. Forget the parenthetical. That might be designed to specifically draw your eye away from this. Insiders and analysts, we don't really know whom, have said that Microsoft likely did not expect this level of scrutiny from authorities. Now, remember, I told you to put a pin on it. What did WCCF Tech describe this as? They described it as, according to insiders that talked with the New York Post, Microsoft certainly didn't expect this level of scrutiny. Game of telephone. 
Game of telephone, and it just gets worse the more lines that you call. First of all, not insiders, insiders and quote-unquote analysts. And it's easy enough to go out there. Anybody with two cents and a website can go out there and claim to be an analyst. Heck, you can look at me and say, I'm claiming to be an analyst. I'm just looking at the news items and telling you what I see from a legal perspective. But you don't have to take my word for it. In fact, you could take somebody else's. I go out there and say, well... This deal seems to be following exactly what we would expect in terms of timeline and otherwise. So yeah, you can be an analyst and say, well, Microsoft likely didn't expect this level of scrutiny. And I would argue that there are certain aspects of that are true. Once the Federal Trade Commission sues Facebook for trying to buy within, I have no doubt that that uh, got some people at Microsoft a little bit concerned about what the Federal Trade Commission might do. Probably didn't expect that to be that crazy. That's why I did a video on that as well on this channel. But in terms of overall expectation, not only are you not committing to it as much as WCCF Tech did on your behalf, you're saying it's likely there's no reason to believe that. If we go back to the announcement that Microsoft made in January, they say the deal is expected to close in fiscal year 2023. That ends June 30 of 2023. So if you're making a deal in January of 2022 and you think it's just going to fly through, no questions asked, why exactly do you say there's no possibility that this deal is going through in the first six months and we're reserving 18 months or so to actually get this deal done? There is nothing, nothing on the outside of this that is suggestive of a process that Microsoft wasn't anticipating, including all of their responses to the CMA, how they're dealing with the European Commission and everything else. I have no doubt that Microsoft would prefer this to be going more smoothly. I have said in this space and others that in another antitrust environment, this would be going through more smoothly, that the FTC is clearly rattling its saber in a way that's at least a little bit more aggressive than you might have anticipated going in. And the CMA is clearly acting in a more aggressive fashion than you might have otherwise anticipated. But you always, as Microsoft, would have been thinking that Europe and potentially some other regulators are going to look at this deal very, very closely. It's almost $70 billion. Your name is Microsoft. It's a tech enterprise. And so you put out there, yeah, we're pretty sure this is going to close by June 30, 2023, but you don't even commit to that here. It's expected to close then. We're reserving 18 months and that might still need more time. There is no indication that Microsoft likely did not expect this level of scrutiny. If you're spending $70 billion in an industry that has never seen that spend, you are a silly, silly company if you don't expect every single regulator on earth to use its maximum power to analyze the deal. And that is just known. You won't actually see any quotes about these kinds of assertions because I don't think they are likely to exist. But you do get this editorializing from the New York Post. The increasing pressure has left the companies at odds behind the scenes Sources close to the situation said, sources close to the situation. Now ask yourself this question. Is that Activision insiders? They're not referenced as Activision insiders. Is that analysts? What is a source close to the situation? And how close do you need to be to be described as such? I've done 42 episodes on this. Am I close to the situation? I'm not in those rooms, certainly. Has the increasing pressure left the company at odds behind the scenes? I will tell you that that fracture when you sign that deal where you have these different incentives to get it done or not get it done, that can be emphasized by the notion that you've got these regulators that are looking at you very closely. And I suspect that somebody at Activision would wish that Microsoft were being more lenient with these regulators. But is it really at odds as companies? I don't know. You're just describing kind of normal deal flow. 
even as Activision and Microsoft are publicly putting on brave faces and insisting the deal will go through. Now, the end of that sentence sounds like, well, both Microsoft and Activision know that there's a real chance the deal won't go through. You're own thesis doesn't arrive at that. The first half of the sentence is that the companies are at odds behind the scenes because presumably, benefit of the doubt, Activision wants Microsoft to give more to these regulators. Microsoft is resistant in doing that. That doesn't mean the deal is even threatened to not go through. It just means you've got different bodies of significant power treating things differently. Understand Activision has never engaged in a deal like this ever. And so Microsoft is going through their normal process of buying a big company and dealing with multinational regulators. Activision wants their money and would prefer it if Microsoft would make more concessions. Who could argue with them? But a news story that does not make. At issue are the promises, or lack thereof, that Microsoft is offering antitrust regulators and gaming rivals like PlayStation maker Sony, which has loudly opposed the deal, much more loudly than I would have assumed they would. Now, if you want to make a story about that, you want to talk to me about Microsoft insiders going, I can't believe Sony just did that. That I would believe, but you'd still need some direct quotes before I didn't treat it like I'm doing here in virtual legality. Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer has publicly said that the company plans to continue releasing Activision's popular Call of Duty series on PlayStation, just keep saying Call of Duty New York Post, it's fine, as well as potentially bring it to other consoles such as the Nintendo Switch. But... Microsoft has declined to offer EU regulators any legal remedies ahead of an expected full-scale probe that could kick off on November 8th. Reuters reported last week, Microsoft had the option of offering the EU so-called behavioral remedies, such as a formal promise to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, but declined to do so. The company still could do so later on during a full-scale probe. Folks, this is exactly what we talked about. This, this kind of news item that Microsoft didn't voluntarily start offering things that the EU regulators or the UK regulators might like to see based on nothing is an absolutely ridiculous standard of behavior. And honestly, Activision, whoever these insiders might be, if they exist, would know that too. They would know that Microsoft has no interest, no incentive whatsoever to basically in the middle of the investigation say, hey, I promise to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. I promise not to raise Game Pass prices. What are you looking for? I promise to give those sacks some money we talked about earlier in the video. What, what do you want? What do you want, regulators? No, that doesn't make any sense. And even Activision would know that. This is a non-story. Bobby Kotick led Activision would prefer that Microsoft take a more accommodating stance with regulators now, since the game makers shareholders will get paid out regardless of whether Microsoft makes concessions. Activision insiders and analysts said, Realistically, who are we talking about with respect to Activision Insiders? And what insight is this? We're interested in our sack of money. Our only interest in this deal is whether we get $95 per share. We do not care if you have to promise to burn our offices down after this deal is done, if that gets us our $95 a share. That was the deal from moment one of signing the agreement. No story. And you're also leaning on that insiders and active uh, analysis section. And what quotes are we going to get? We're going to get quotes from analysts. If you're Activision, you want Microsoft to offer everything forever for free. Burn down the warehouses. A hedge fund analyst closely following the deal told the Post, but that obviously destroys the economics of the deal. Yes, this quote is from a person that does deals and looks at deals. This is entirely normal. Activision wants its money, doesn't care what happens to the combined entity, but that would be silly for Microsoft. 
Some analysts and critics argue that the option of keeping Activision games exclusively on Xbox is a large part of the deal's appeal for Microsoft, despite the company's statements about keeping Call of Duty available on PlayStation. While making public assurances is one thing, being legally bound to abandon exclusives could be a deal breaker, sources said. Sources from where? You have claimed no Microsoft sources, and Microsoft would be the one in charge of this. You're talking about Activision sources? You're talking about analysts? Who are you talking about, New York Post? Who are you talking about? And that continues when we get to the analyst's quote again. Microsoft's decision to buy Activision is all about exclusivity. Wedbush Securities Managing Director Dan Ives told The Post, if giving up exclusivity is one of the required concessions, Microsoft is going to have to think long and hard if this is still the right deal. Now, Microsoft is very unlikely to give up exclusivity of Game Pass access, right? Especially compared to PlayStation Plus. But this is just a well-informed, probably highly educated and well-traveled analyst ascribing his own position to what he thinks the business plan for Microsoft's deal is. Phil Spencer, Sachi Nadella, they've gone out there and said that is not the proposition. We want to allow Call of Duty on these other systems. They've made at least a case for it that says, well, we don't want to split the market up. There's still money to be made. Activision as an ongoing enterprise has existed supporting both platforms. So if Xbox just wanted to do that more because they thought it was a good investment, which it was, they bought low, at the time when Activision was imploding due to the California lawsuits, then Xbox could justify that business proposition alone. All right, we're going to spend this money and we're going to get it back over a decade or two. And that's just a good investment. Not probably in this economy, but they didn't know this economy existed when they originally agreed to the deal terms. Microsoft isn't buying this asset so other companies can use Activision games to the same extent, Ives added. It all comes down to what the concessions are. And again, there's truth hidden in this kind of pablum not terribly useful information. It definitely comes down to what the consent decree requests are. We fully expect those consent decrees to be requested primarily by these three regulators. And if it's, you're going to put Call of Duty on PlayStation for five years, we expect Microsoft to say, fine, whatever. It's not a big deal. That's not going to drive our $70 billion acquisition. And if they try to say, you're going to put Call of Duty on PlayStation forever and ever and ever, we expect Microsoft to reject that. It matters what they ask for. And if the deal is important enough to them, we would expect Microsoft to sue over the fight about whether or not they actually even substantially lessen competition. So these analysts are correct, but they're saying everything you could have heard here now for 10 months in virtual legality. You're not being informed by the New York Post who's trying to frame this as a massive landmine in the deal. Moffat Nathanson research analyst Clay Griffin likewise said, Microsoft can't be forced to accept draconian conditions. They can't be forced to accept any conditions. These regulators can only try to stop the deal or otherwise say it's a problem for them and say, Microsoft, what are you going to offer us? What do we want? And Microsoft can say no, and they could potentially sue. If the European Commission, UK Competition and Markets Authority, or American Federal Trade Commission squash the deal, Microsoft will have to pay Activision a $3 billion breakup fee, a relative drop in the bucket for the $1.7 trillion tech giant. Now we have to take a pause here because I will tell you this, even to Microsoft, a random loss of $3 billion is not something that you take lightly. Why? At minimum, because you can pay a lot of lawyers a lot of money to go and fight for that $3 billion. But also because this is a little bit of a reductive way to describe what's even happening here. Right? If you followed this series right from the beginning, you know that we did a video called What's in the Merger Agreement, where we tried to talk about what's in a very big merger agreement in about a half hour. One of those things, in summary, was how this particular penalty fee works, in which they said to their shareholders, the merger agreement contains customary termination provisions for each of the parent, that's Xbox, and the company, that's Activision. 
The parent, Xbox, under specified circumstances, including where the antitrust laws block the deal, will be required to pay Activision a termination fee of, if it gets blocked before January 18th, $2 billion. If it gets blocked between January 18th and April 18th, $2.5 billion. And after April 18th, $3 billion. Now, I can't tell you when this is actually going to happen, but if you're actually going to report on these issues, I think it's important to not just assume that the CMA, for instance, won't try to block the deal and Microsoft walks away before April 18th, 2023. And if that happens, well, then they don't owe $3 billion. They owe $2.5 billion. If it happens in before January, which seems extraordinarily unlikely, they'd only owe $2 billion. So you can't just say they owe $3 billion on this kind of stuff. That's a problem in the reporting as well. Now, both Activision and Microsoft say this is bunk. In a statement to the Post, a spokesperson for Activision says, we're very appreciative of our close working relationship with Microsoft. We're confident in the deal and its progress. And we know Microsoft is working diligently to get it done. Any suggestion to the contrary is false. Now, that's exactly the quote you would give, even if Activision were really nervous about the deal. So that's not informative either, but it does suggest that Activision, at least formally, doesn't believe there's any issue with what Microsoft is doing, nor does it seem like there should be any deemed issue with what Microsoft is doing with these regulators. And in a statement to the Post, a spokesperson for Microsoft said, from the moment this acquisition was announced, we have worked urgently to show we are serious about taking the steps needed to earn approval, including making proactive commitments about how we'll run our business with gamers and developers at the center. The process has progressed as expected, and we still anticipate the deal to close on schedule by the middle of next year, which is what we put forth in our public relations. Still, says the New York Post, in one last error to just really put the cherry on top of the Sunday, Microsoft is legally obligated to use its best efforts to close the deal, and Activision could sue the Xbox maker if it believes Satya Nadella's led company purposefully blew up the buyout. All right, folks. We can only turn to one specific source on this to analyze this particular side of the deal, and that is, of course, the merger agreement itself. Now, importantly, the standard here is not best efforts. The standard is reasonable best efforts. And that might sound like a very small difference if you're not used to reading gigantic business contracts. I can't recommend it. Don't be lawyers, kids. But if you are, you know that reasonability adds on to this concept. Best efforts would be like Microsoft has to go bankrupt in order to make this deal happen. That can't possibly be the case. Reasonable best efforts means we actually get to reason and use rationality with the efforts that we put forth. But even more problematically for the New York Post in this particular context, there's a section on what Microsoft has to do about asks for consent decrees. Let's read it together. Not every word. There's too many words. Lawyers use a lot of words. In furtherance and not in limitation of the foregoing, so just carrying on with the rest of the agreement, if and to the extent necessary to obtain clearance of the merger pursuant to antitrust laws, Xbox will offer, negotiate, commit to, and effect by consent decree, hold separate order, or otherwise, whatever the document is called in the various jurisdictions, the things that they might ask for. The sale, divestiture, license, or other disposition of assets, other restrictions on the activities of the company, contest, defend, and appeal any legal proceedings, etc., etc. We will go through the consent decree process and we will agree to the stuff that they ask for. You say, well, well, Rick, Microsoft just agreed. They just are bound by contract to agree to those things. Nah, not so fast. What does the next sentence say? Notwithstanding the foregoing. However, you might have just read that sentence, dear reader. There are some limitations on Xbox's responsibilities, and they're going to be very significant for what the New York Post just reported to you. Xbox will not be required, either pursuant to this section or otherwise in the agreement, to offer, negotiate, commit to effect, or otherwise take any action which would reasonably be expected to 
So it doesn't actually have to do this. It has to be reasonable in expectation. That's another standard win for the Xbox negotiators here. Have a material adverse impact on the company and its subsidiaries taken as a whole. We do not have to agree to anything that will hurt Microsoft as a whole. Have a material impact on the benefits expected to be derived from the merger by parent. There it is. We don't have to agree to anything that we would reasonably expect to hurt the value of the assets you are selling us, including Call of Duty, including our potential Game Pass output. If we're looking at item one instead of item two, we don't have to do these things if it would reasonably expected to hurt us. And so we reserve the ability to not do those things or have a more than immaterial impact on any business or product line of parent. CMA, EC, FTC comes out and says, yes, absolutely fine, but you have to reduce the Game Pass price to a dollar and you have to hold it there for a hundred years. Nope. Microsoft says, no, we do not have to do that. And our election to not do that will not be deemed to be a breach of our obligations to use our reasonable best efforts to get this deal done. If there is any way that we could reasonably expect to hurt Microsoft, to hurt Activision as it's owned by us or anything that we do, Windows, Azure, Game Pass, then we can say no, sir. And that is a very important provision for any acquirer to negotiate in their deal or a deal like this one, at least, where you're dealing with all of these regulators. You have to be able to tell them, no, we don't have to agree to these things, Activision. And then Activision has to say, okay, we understand we're not aligned on these particular topics. So what are we going to do? We're going to mandate that if you say no, you're going to owe us a big chunk of money so that at bare minimum, you're not just saying no willy-nilly or you're using the antitrust regulators as some kind of shield against a down market or a blowing up economy or just buyer's remorse. You can't use the antitrust regulators for that purpose, Activision tells Microsoft, or at bare minimum, you're going to owe us between two and three billion dollars. Again, this is to align them a little bit more. Microsoft at that point, if they don't have a penalty provision, is aligned to say, no, we refuse everything. And if you block it, well, I guess we won't have that company. Right? This is me offering money on a house and saying, here's the number. If you don't like it, I'll go find the next house. We don't want that if we're Activision because Activision is going to be on the hook for this deal for 12 or 18 months. They are in limbo. They can't even kind of proceed as they otherwise would want to proceed if they didn't think they were going to be owned by Microsoft at the end of all this. So you have to go and try to negotiate for a penalty provision like this. But even though the New York Post says that's a drop in the bucket, and indeed, it's not a lot of money for a company the size of Microsoft, it's still a lot of money in general. You can do a lot of things with $3 billion. You are going to fight for it if you are Microsoft. So all of this, all of this postulation, all of this speculation based on no specific insiders, the only insiders talked about at all are Activision. They aren't directly quoted. They're combined in almost every instance with insiders and analysts, and you get to the end of the story and you learn nothing. And that's the New York Post. And then it's just made worse when it goes through that game of telephone and is repeated to gamers and folks on this end. Folks, I'm not telling you this deal is 100% going to go through because there are a ton of variables, including whether or not Microsoft wants to accede to whatever these various regulators wind up asking for. But I can tell you that none of this that was reported in the New York Post this weekend matters one bit and that their exclusive details are almost non-existent 
and otherwise representative of facts that we already knew. Microsoft would prefer not to have to sign a contract. They would prefer to go with my word is stronger than Oak. Of course they would. These companies would love it if their regulators weren't causing so much trouble. Activision would love it if Microsoft would bend over just a little further, just a little bit more backwards to get this deal done because they really want their $95. They can see what's happening in the stock market. None of this is new information. And that you knew, the New York Post made an article about it. WCCF Tech made an article about it. And a lot of you saw it and asked me for my opinions on it. My opinion, nothing here. This is how you invent a story. And I would expect this noise to get even louder as the deal continues to kind of progress slowly in the background with very little for the rest of us in the public to go on. Again, if you do like these discussions in virtual legality of the business and law of technology, software, video games, and more, please do consider supporting us on Utreon or Patreon. We have a support platform there as well. Thank you very much to Falcus Vipus for engaging in that specific support. We can't do it without folks like you. If you don't like either of those options, just subscribing, telling your friends, ringing the bell, becoming a YouTube subscriber, anything else helps YouTube know that we're having these conversations and hopefully that they are enlightening for everyone. If you did catch this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.